very warm welcome to all our listeners. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you will enjoy this podcast. Hi Anshul, thank you so much for joining us on Blitz Business. It's a pleasure to have you. Thank you Ashish, thanks a lot for having me here. Wonderful. So let's get started. So Anshul, tell us first a little bit about yourself. Born and brought up in Indore. Till 10th, I studied in Indore. I, uh, at the age of 13 years, I developed a website uh, in the year 2000. So I was at that time the youngest web developer of MP. And uh, so I had keen interest in technology. So that is when I decided to, uh, you know, give uh, entrance exam for IIT. So I went to Kota for a couple of years and uh, thankfully I uh, uh, cleared uh, IIT in first attempt. So I went to IIT Delhi then for four years. I graduated from there. I uh, did a job for an, for a year. I tried my hands on a startup. Uh, after that, uh, I thought that, uh, you know, my uh, whatever little experience and uh, knowledge that I have got from my studies, if I put it into my family business, that would be great. And that was a time when my family business was at a, at a stage where it was, there was a huge opportunity of growth. But still, uh, there was lack of professionalism and, uh, you know, we were still recovering from, uh, say, that initial phase of family business where there are a lot of struggles and challenges that you face. So I joined at a time uh, when I had a good opportunity to take business to another level. And since then, I have been for last 11 years involved in this uh, family business of ours, uh, which is into manufacturing of agarbattis. Apart from business, uh, I am keen, uh, you know, uh, very keen uh, in traveling to different countries. I have traveled to more than 30 countries. I have a keen interest in adventure sports. I also uh, am a part of a lot of social organizations, a lot of entrepreneurship platforms. So, yes, that is what I do in my pastime. I like doing photography and playing music. Wow. Very impressive, Anshul. And do you always wanted to do business? Because coming from a background, from a technical background, and then entering into business, uh, was it you always wanted to do this thing? Yes, of course, Ashish. When you know, when you grow up in a business family, uh, you know, very powerful uh, factor in a family business is the dining table conversations. So, you know, all the time you're just listening about business and it is so exciting uh, because I always felt that, uh, you know, uh, what is that I can do that can be most impactful. And uh, the point I, uh, the point of time I joined the business already 300 to 400 laborers were working in that, in this business uh, at that point of time. So I thought it's a good sizable number to join and make an impact on lives of people. Uh, no, no better way than, you know, doing your own business, taking your own decisions and seeing the impact of your decisions. So, yes, uh, I always wanted to, uh, you know, join this business. And you mentioned, right, uh, uh, being a family business, there was a huge opportunity uh, when you s- just sort of yes. started and joined, right? So walk us through, you know, what was that sort of experience in terms of that transition? Uh, what all new things you did or setting up processes? Uh, uh, what all things, uh, you know, because um, uh, 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 whenever um, 
someone new joins you know they bring lot of new ideas new practices so uh, yes. share a little bit about your experience how how was it i think uh, you know uh, as a company we didn't knew our true potential so uh, always the val- the right values were there the good product was there but uh, it just needed all the right tools to you know uh, make it fly high so all the things were said uh, there was uh, say lack of motivation among employees because there was no professional structure there was a lack of process systems and standardization uh, there was lack of clarity in policy like pa- things were not on pen and paper and a, a lot of things were very ad hoc and nothing wrong about it because business was in that phase right because uh, from day one you cannot do everything right so uh, when i joined i saw a lot of gap of optimization in each and every process be it purchase be it the process of manufacturing be it the process of sales in each and every process there was a lot of uh, scope of optimization and being an engineer uh, i mean my m- mind works in a very analytical and logical way of you know setting mm-hmm. things in order and making mm-hmm. out the most out of it so uh, we did optimization in everything and when i joined i thought that uh, it will just take me 6 months to organize everything and i'll give my gmat and i'll fly off to us and i'll do mba <laughs> uh, and then but it's been 11 years and i'm still making things right so i think it's a never ending uh-huh. never ending process i started enjoying doing it i'm still i'm still optimizing the we have gone we have gone to a level where we have optimized the purchase cost of our suppliers oh. so that is the kind of innovation we have done where where we have sat down with our suppliers and understood their costing and how how we can optimize their purchase so oh. uh, that is how we have worked uh, which I, i don't think anybody has done in industry before where we have which is called a cogs of cogs principle where you optimize the cost cost of goods sold of cost of goods sold so mm-hmm. that was that is one of the innovations that we done in this optimizing another thing was that we moved our complete uh, payment system to advanced payment now this is something which is very unheard of in agarbatti industry which has generally a credit cycle of 60 to 90 days so that okay. was another optimization that we did that we moved our complete payment system to advanced payment so mm-hmm. that is another uh, big change another uh, optimization that we did that earlier uh, i mean uh, in any fmcg business you know you make ad hoc policy distributor wise if a distributor right. is very big you say mm-hmm. okay you'll purchase x amount i'll give you 1% extra at the end of the year i'll give you 2% extra over a period of time we made a standard policy for our all 3500 distributors across india now uh, for all my distributors no matter how small or big he is even if a distributor sells 1 lakh rupees a month or say 1 crore rupees a month be it in any part of india the company policy pricing everything is dicto same for everyone wow. so that point of way we are very very transparent so these were kind of innovations that we did in industry which were never there optimized our products uh, bought in brand ambassadors uh, again we have like two a listed brand ambassadors for our brand uh, which is again rare in agarbatti industry like not existing in agarbatti industry and rare in fmcg also for a company of our size so yes lot of innovations optimizations uh, you know uh, bold decisions we took uh, to reach here and nothing beats experience over an mba what do you say <laughs> yes. 
Yeah, definitely. I think uh, the best MBA that you do is uh, in your own business. And, right. Uh, uh, there is no doubt uh, that what you learn practically. Uh, I mean, uh, with all due regards to uh, all the uh, mm. you know degrees and education mm. out there, uh, they say that uh, you know uh, mark sheet is one thing, but then balance sheet is the crux. <laughs> So, yeah. yes, I think that's beautifully yeah, said. On balance sheet and not math. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I, I think I'll have yeah. to now quote you a couple of places because it's yeah. <laughs> market is one thing and balance sheet is the other thing. Uh, uh, so, Anjul. Um, uh, so, in terms of so, your primary the business model is you operate from a dealer distributor network, or uh, how does it work, or do you plan to go direct also, or what are your thoughts? Uh, how does the current process, current, uh, how does the currently the sales happen? Yes, so we have sort of uh, eliminated a few stages of middlemen. I would say that earlier Agarbatti industry was like that you have a super stockist or a state. A distributor who used to take care of one state and then he used to make distributors there who used to give to wholesalers then retailer and then customer so there were five six stages uh, we were able to optimize this model in a way before d2c came that uh, we opened our own depots across india to maintain that transparency which i talked to you about like single right. policy so we mm-hmm. have 35 depots of our own across india so mm-hmm. all all these depots are company owned uh, company operated so all the distributors get, uh, you know, billing directly from the company and after distributor, it is directly the retailer. So to cut down, so I, I would not say that there are no wholesalers in the channel, but we deal directly with the distributors and no wholesalers. And these distributors we appointed at a, say at a distance of 20, 30 kilometers from each other. So that's why we have 3,500 distributors across India. So, wow. so that a distributor can you know, efficiently distribute, uh, in his own area, in his own reach. Uh, so that he distributes directly to retailer and then retailer gives it to the customer. So uh, as of today, I, I I mean, from what market information we have, the kind of retailer margin we give and the kind of distributor margin we give is uh, must be the highest in the, in the industry. And and I was because reading so on, on right, right. And I was reading you. Um, you sell more than 15 lakh agarbatti and dhubbatti per day is it right 15 lakh packets packets so in oh. terms of agarbattis we sell more than three and a half yeah three and a half crore sticks of agarbatti every day oh god that's so a lot 15 lakh packets and on, <laughs> on average you can take 20 22 sticks per packet mm-hmm. so 20 22 sticks per packet so more than three and a half crore agarbattis we make every day apart from dhoop, avan, samagri, other products. And uh, all our FMCG products put together, we sell 15 lakh retail packs every day. Now, this retail pack can be 5 rupees, 10 rupees, 20 rupees, 50 rupees, 100 rupees, typically. Wow, that's a scale at least I have unheard of. <laughs> so, how does... So, so, so let, let's walk through the supply chain. So, how does your manufacturing look like? Uh, how many facilities you have? Uh, uh, how does it work? So we, we have four manufacturing units in Indore. We have uh, more than nine and a half lakh square feet of space in this. Uh, these four units put together, around four thousand labors work, 
again here we have uh, you know eliminated the middlemen there are no contractors no outsourced labor no temporary labor each and every person of these 4000 laborers is uh, directly employed by us we give direct payment into their bank accounts for their salaries and out of these 4000 people more than 80% are women so that is again a kind of a you know you can say a social side of the company wherein we are employing uh, more than 3200 women who are uh, you know unskilled they come from villages but they work they come to our factory they work there they earn a respectable livelihood and that whole money is directly transferred to their individual bank accounts so that is the kind of manufacturing setup we have which is highly backward integrated mm-hmm. uh, one of the largest uh, factories in the world so we have mm-hmm. set up an uh, after uh, you know to support the make in india movement we have set up a raw agarbatti unit typically raw agarbatti is not something every agarbatti manufacturer would made him make himself generally agarbatti manufacturers buys raw agarbatti from market perfumes it packages it brands it and sells it okay so now we have done a backward integration of making raw agarbattis we have set up a unit in 15 acres where we have 650 machines to make raw agarbatti under a single roof so that's the world's largest setup by far of making raw agarbattis and that is the facility where we make 3 and a half crore agarbattis every day and do you predominantly focus on indian market or do you export also so predominantly indian market because indian market of perfumed agarbatti is bigger than rest of the world put uh, together oh uh, but there is no doubt there is a good scope in export also so 3 4 years back we started uh, exports now we are exporting to 40 countries we have our own office in new york from where we distribute uh, across us mm-hmm. but yes i mean more than 95% of our top line comes from the domestic market okay and and in terms of uh, launching new products so do you continue to add sort of different um um different variations within agarbatti or do you also plan to launch new products yes. be it uh, in terms of um horizontally uh, launching new sort of adjacent product uh, tapping into adjacencies so in the agarbatti division itself i mean agarbatti is like a you know you can say bollywood uh, every friday you have to come up with a new movie so that that's how the agarbatti industry is every every week every second week you have to come up with a new fragrance because you know it's a 10 rupees packet whenever a customer goes back to the shop he likes z black as a brand but he would still say that give me something new in z black what's new Oh you know I have been using this rose agarbatti for long now mm-hmm. give me something new I like z black I want z black as a brand but what's new in z black so we have to keep innovating like this uh, this year we launched camphor agarbatti mm. this year we launched aromix series wherein there are two fragrances at the same time so there's a something called mango pineapple where you can you know get the fragrance of mango and pineapple at the same time so that is one innovation that we have done so there are a lot of fragrances we have more than 800 skus Uh, more than 150 fragrances so we have to keep innovating uh, in agarbatti as a field and that is one of our biggest usp that no other company has even half of the product range that we have uh, in entire country uh, coming to other uh, you know horizontal expansion uh, so apart from agarbatti and dhoopbatti uh, we have expanded into uh, say soya chunks 
into uh, confectionery into hand wash uh, into mehndi so a lot of allied fmcg products uh, where we saw scope where we saw our, you know expertise and strengths can come into play so those are the uh, categories we are expanding to so we had set up a confectionery unit 3 years back last year we took doremon as brand ambassador for it and now that's that uh, particular brand is has now started dying, uh, doing good in the market mm-hmm. and 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 from anshul from your perspective what is it uh, you know uh, in this entire process from uh, touching all these different verticals everything what is that one particular thing which excites you the most uh one particular thing that excites me the most is uh, a repeat demand from the market mm. nothing like you know you can you can work on a product you can design a beautiful product uh you can do all the hard work to even place it but until and unless a customer wants it again mm-hmm. you i mean that's the only uh, parameter of success in fmcg industry that i would say is that you get a repeat demand for your product that's the best parameter for success that's the best judgment of success in an fmcg industry that you just don't have to sell it once but you have to sell it twice the moment there is a repeat demand that is the time you get excited and you know that there is a potential in this product got it and and, and going back a little bit so for example so now these next two three all questions are sort of combined club can be club together so i'll go one by one so what is the so that these are the positive sides right i mean great demand excellent volume but each business has its own risk right so what will you say is the right. biggest challenge for you uh, which may not be immediate right but which you may foresee or which the stats or the numbers are telling you like biggest challenge or risk as a business uh uh in your current um company which you feel could be there could possibly develop or you are already taking some action so walk us through from that perspective you know how does someone go about uh, because business at the way i like to think about businesses they they are like not individual but each business has certain life right into it and you continue continuously have to innovate and beat the market right so 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 tell us in terms right. of how do you think from this perspective the challenges risk i'm sure you must be having these discussions also right i i mean uh, as an entrepreneur i feel the biggest challenge for my business is that my business should not be dependent on me and it should not be dependent on my own thought process because maybe i am doing good for last 10 years but that doesn't really mean that i will take all the right decisions for coming next 10 years or i am say uh, i am say good enough uh, to survive what's going you know to come next mm-hmm. we have seen a lot of businesses uh, not taking what's their new coming seriously or the promoter uh, you know uh, i i know at, uh, when iphone was launched blackberry said that there is no market for such a <laughs> such a phone which is a full screen and has no keyboard so True. i just think uh, for any business for any entrepreneur the biggest challenge is his own thought process i mean once you overcome that uh, uh, there there can be no challenge for business there are businesses which are surviving for 200 300 years and there are businesses which had huge potential and they could not survive 
as an entrepreneur if i am able to find my replacement if i am able to find the next team which which has the zeal which has the knowledge which uh, you know to take this business forward uh, there is no other challenge that i feel that can cannot be overcome and uh, uh, in the current ecosystem right in the current ecosystem of startup and the markets are sort of flushed with capital right in terms of being not right now let's say ipos are getting delayed but at least 5 6 months back i mean still funding is lot of a lot of funding is available capital is still around for good businesses so what is your take yes. in terms of do you plan to have sort of like an ipo you want to raise capital or you want to continue and keep funding from your own balance sheet the expansion the new products so, or whatever you want to do yeah so uh, uh, ashish as of today we are uh, one of the most heavily invested uh, agarbatti companies which has invested in a lot of infrastructure machinery backward integration uh, we must be amongst the, the i mean number 1 or number 2 in terms of the capital investments mm-hmm. that we have done in our own uh, own company and in spite of that uh, i uh, that would i would say that we are almost debt free uh, uh, company uh, and having said that uh, i would say that it's not that we are not open to new ideas of having you know say investors on board or or an ipo but uh, for a very short horizon of say one or two years it is not there uh, in the mind maybe later on uh, that is something that we'll think about it and and you mentioned right being debt free right so there are two thoughts of school there um, certain for certain individuals uh, you know um, or certain businesses they operate on the debt model but for certain business like you right uh, uh, you you are debt free i mean I, i i always ask i always wonder and always ask this thing like what is the right model for a business to take debt because it can fuel growth or to be totally debt free i mean what is your thought around this uh, uh mystic gives you a sleep of whichever model gives you a good sleep of 8 hours is the best model <laughs> i believe so that is the kpi you track it's <laughs> to his own if if you know if uh, if i bring in people on board if i have an ipo and if i am not able to get a good 8 hour sleep and if i have a lot of tension in my mind i would prefer a debt free model <laughs> and if there is somebody who is like very ambitious very very ambitious with the growth and everything i mean i mean it's each to his own what suits your lifestyle and thought process that is what i would say there is no correct answer for that right right absolutely makes sense makes makes sense and anchil so uh, uh, moving on so last couple of years i mean badly hit pandemic covid uh, many things just got disrupted as a business new businesses came into picture landscape got uh, landscape got changed here and there what about your business how did it impacted you as a business and second is um uh, uh there were certain businesses for example they saw a lot of uptick during covid pandemic or uh, what was your experience during this time so when the first lockdown happened uh, we thought that uh, you know our top line will come down by 50% and we'll have to fire people and uh, you know all sort of negative thoughts were there but still you uh, you know by grace of god we started working during the lockdown only we launched sanitizers by april end and uh, when uh, you know sort of work started 
that year was the best year in company's history for us uh, in terms of top line in terms of bottom line the kind of hiring we did we never hired so many people that we did in the covid year not even fired a single person uh, hired so many people we did a 10% year on year growth in spite of being shut for two months uh, we had the best year in terms of top line and bottom line uh, because us as a family and our complete team was working hard i mean that was a time where everyone worked hard we prepared ourselves and uh, i think any business uh, which has you know right ethics uh, clear priorities and focused mind in place uh, i mean they grew in uh, during covid times is it so all is, we it, have all the you know yes please go ahead go ahead yeah please no you please go so is it there is a correlation be, uh, between some sort of people becoming more religious during pandemic no no i would not say that i figured out four five uh, reasons where mm. why our business uh, flourished in covid times mm. first we were able to start our factories in may itself wherein a lot of people were just sitting at home in may thinking that if something will happen you know if the other person starts then i'll think about starting my factory and we we used to go take training of people during peak of covid on you know how to have the covid appropriate behavior how to uh, you know keep things right in the factory for the first year for one complete year we had no case in, of covid in our factory only in the second wave we started having cases so we prepared ourselves uh, well in advance in fact i prepared so much literature that i used to uh, you know share it with other companies and they used to print and put it in their factories and all so that is the kind of preparation training everything we did uh, to start our factories in time so that was one big factor that we we had a head start right second uh, big factor was that uh, i told you about our model that we have our own depots so a lot of companies which were dependent on transporters they could not you know transport their goods from point a to point b and since we had our own network of depots and full truck loads used to go so we had complete command over our supply chain so that is the second thing i think which really helped us uh, third thing which i think uh, which is my gut feeling which helped us was that uh, a lot of people will say that morning they'll worship the god they'll light two sticks of agarbatti and then they'll leave for their office but this this was a time where people actually experienced our product so i think that was a major factor where people actually experienced the product by you know after lighting the agarbattis they were still in their home working from home or whatever so that was the thing that people experienced our product at that point of time so i think these were the major factors that uh, impacted sales and created a huge demand uh, from market mm-hmm. and uh, how was the sales happening were people still were able to go out and procure agarbattis or did you see i mean uh, uh, I there was definitely an uptick in the e-commerce sales uh, but e-commerce sales is still a very very small percentage of the total sales so even uh, if that e-commerce sales 1% becomes 2% it is still 98% is general general trade right so the e-commerce sale roughly which is 1% of the turnover became 2% suddenly during covid time but still 2% is very small in uh, comparison to rest of the 98% so sales was happening through traditional channels only i think everyone innovated the retailers also innovated uh, where they were doing home deliveries so uh, and by the second wave uh, everything was full set 
आई मीन पीपल वर फुली प्रिपेयर्ड फॉर अ लॉकडाउन काइंड ऑफ सिचुएशन सो आई थिंक ईच एंड एवरी पर्सन इन देयर ओन बिजनेस इनोवेटेड सो दैट देयर बिजनेस डजेंट गो डाउन सो ये सेल्स वॉज हैपनिंग ऑलमोस्ट टू द सेम चैनल ओनली आई मीन देर इज नो डिफरेंस इन दैट ओके एंड एंड वॉट सॉर्ट ऑफ आई मीन can i classify you as like a techie can i say like you love technology and uh right so what sort of initiative as as you know uh how do you see technology playing a role or new things which you have done um yeah so one thing which technology really helped me in uh, you know uh, making this organization run professionally so there's a difference between getting professionals to run the organization and running a an organization professionally so uh, by the use of technology and tools i was able to you know train my people regular people who were not uh, say tech savvy very uh, they they were under confident i used to give training myself to my employees uh, about how to use email how to make the best use of email of google drive of dropbox how to do online sheets everything and that really helped us in making our whole organization professional now everything in my organization happens over email there are no verbal things no verbal commitments no verbal approvals everything happens over an, an email so that is how we trained our complete organization to transition from a traditionally run family business into a professionally run organization so there is there is where technology helped me uh, i i have done uh, a lot of data uh, crunching in the past so you know i have played with data a lot i have worked for uh, uh, say companies which used to do consulting for big retail giants so uh, there we organize our complete data in a manner that we used to get beautiful reports we are still getting and that helped us make informed decisions so we made use of our own data so uh, that is another thing where technology has played an important role in our organization that we take data based decisions not i mean we do take gut feeling based decisions like which brand ambassador to take but then all the day to day small small decisions we take based on the data which is our own data so that is organized beautifully in our organization so that is how i took advantage of technology till now going forward uh, i think uh, the biggest role where technology uh, will play a role is biggest thing is where we are able to integrate our complete supply chain uh, of sales especially of sales where the retailer distributor my depot my factories they all come in on a single platform and we are able to visualize orders up to the retailer level so that is that is something that i am working on uh, which is easier said than done but yes i do wish to integrate my complete supply chain of my factory of my depot of my distributor and my retailer on a single platform got it and for the next like uh, uh, looking at the long term horizon let's say next 10 15 years uh, where do you see um, your company uh, mdph um, going forward into you know what is that sort of long term so, uh, horizon plan yeah, yeah. so uh, right now we are only present in say the temple which is there inside the house the puja place inside the house i see ourselves present on the kitchen shelf also in the bathroom also in the living room also in all sort of places where a person experiences uh, 
say fragrance a person experiences certain consumer goods inside his house be it say the hand wash be it say shower gel or dishwash bar or anything where we are able to give a good experience a good quality product to the customer which is different from what is there in the market like for example i'll tell you we launched a pineapple hand wash mm-hmm. and where this idea of pineapple hand wash came from we launched pineapple agarbatti a year before covid happened Mm-hmm. and in the very first year of launch of pineapple agarbatti we sold pineapple agarbatti worth 40 crore rupees in a single year without any advertising wow. zero advertising zero expense on sales no posters nothing and we sold pineapple agarbatti worth 40 crores in a very first year of launch of pineapple agarbatti so that is the kind of expertise that we have in fragrance wherein we are able to bring out some innovative fragrances uh, which actually customer likes so uh, when we launched pineapple hand wash so there's a there's a good demand for that because there's no other pineapple hand wash in the market so that is where we want to innovate uh, on our strengths which is related to fragrance which is related to branding marketing to our supply chain and we wish to be present in every corner of your household wherein uh, when you buy a z black product uh, you feel that you have you know you actually trust the brand and you feel that you have bought a good quality product uh, it's very interesting you know you mentioned uh, the point around the soap and taking the having the transition from expanding from temple to the house one of the products which personally i use is scented candles right uh, so is that is also something on right. horizon because that is sort of similar if can i say like it's like in sort of an adjacency to an agarbatti like yes so uh, my father started agarbatti business in 92 but my grandfather started candles business in 1969 so that is more than 50 year old business our uh, my uncle takes care of it right now so our family has been traditionally into this business and uh, we also have a brand of scented candles and we are selling it mostly on amazon.com in us and we do sell sell that brand in india also So yes, we are already there in the scented candles. I'll send you some of those so you can experience. Oh, so glad wow. to know you like scented candles. The only thing, so I buy from this. There is Bath Body Works, whatever that brand is. The only thing I wanted to ask from you, since you know the business, do they really cost? They charge you two thousand, three thousand rupees <laughs> for one scented candle. I mean, does it? I mean, um, is that? they close to the cost or they are making heavy margins on it because the candles i mean i before i started buying these candles now i cannot stop right but um uh 2 to 3000 rupees and people are willing to pay for such product can you imagine i mean i mean um uh... see ashish everything everything is related to aspiration hmm. and i would say that bolte na hindi mein ki shop ki koi keemat nahi hoti hai sahi baat hai so it just depends what you like what you like and there is no price for that having said that i would say of course if we are able to see uh, uh, see i i was talking about offering a quality product hmm. but anybody can make a quality product that's not the issue but making a good quality product at the right price is is the key to customer in today's market yes right how much value for money your product is because earlier maybe say 10 20 years back there was only just one company which was making a quality product right now there are 10 companies which are making a quality product and cons- consumer is smart enough to understand that whether the product is good quality or not but 
at what price you are offering a quality product that is the main thing i mean in agarbatti's also that has been our uh, biggest winning point that we offer a very premium product at a very reasonable price mm. mm-hmm. we are not uh, very costly uh, as a brand so uh, again i would say that uh, one thing is aspiration of a customer where uh, any price tag is justified uh, i mean let's not get into uh, what luxury brands are charging for their bags <laughs> and watches and so uh, and their price is increasing every every 6 months huh? so that is another as a fmcg player we try to reduce our cost and reduce our price and you know give give more to our customer uh, the uh, the story in luxury is totally different right so there is no cost for something that you like uh, but yes at the same time as a company we strive to give the best quality product at the best price possible i think that's very true and in india being very value conscious market i think compared to west yes. or you know it's wonderful uh, wonderful anshul so just one final last one of my favorite questions i always ask to all my guests um yeah. if you were to look back you have been in business for now 11 years um if you were to look back go back in time what is that one thing you could change and do differently one thing that i could change and do differently looking back yeah if you had that opportunity somehow you, yeah Uh, one thing that i could have uh, done differently uh, is that when we when we launched deodorants as a product uh-huh. so again you make a lot of mistakes right. uh, you know in the business and every mistake is a learning for the next stage true that time we never realized that you know we are into selling a 10 rupees product and we are now trying to launch a 250 rupees product mm. Mm. so that was our biggest learning that uh, see i talked to you about repeat repeat mm. demand where mm. a customer comes again to buy my product so in agarbatti that that happens happens in 7 days if mm. somebody buys a 10 rupees agarbatti packet that customer comes back in 7 days to buy another packet right but in deodorant we never realized that we launched a 250 rupees product which a customer will typically come back in 5 to 6 months to buy that product again true now to sustain in a category which is heavily uh, advertisement oriented for 5 to 6 months with your own money was very difficult hmm. now this is uh, this this thing we realized when we had already invested a lot of money in it already done a lot of advertising mm-hmm. and everything so our product was excellent but we couldn't succeed in that category mm-hmm. so that is where i think had i known this earlier what is our uh, true strength that decision we would have taken differently that's an excellent learning example i think i uh, excellent case study can be made out of it <laughs> uh uh because i think the supply chain and as a company you were geared towards lower value item and with lot of volume volume driven business right we always thought that fragrance is our uh, strength and since we are good at fragrance in agarbatti why not deodorant mm, mm. so the product was excellent like i told you earlier also no i mean anybody can make a good product and place it also in the market mm. but to get that repeat that is the main thing where that is where a fmcg company succeeds and i think uh, uh, there there was this example i was reading uh, the company's fog or something fog i think they cornered the entire market i mean 1000 crores of um, more than 1000 crores of revenue or extensive marketing i mean uh, the kind of i mean every statement kya chal raha hai 
popular or something that was mm. the thing right yeah um very fascinating anchul and yeah wish you really all the best thank you so much for candidly uh, sharing your experience and you know your learnings it was really insightful and i'm sure um, uh, all the listeners will enjoy uh, this podcast thank you for your time anchul thank you ashish thanks a lot it was wonderful chatting to you and uh, reliving a lot of things which you uh, sort of brought out uh, and asked some questions made me think of what all happened in last 11 years so thanks for that thank you so much